Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Whether you realize it or not, your perception of yourself dictates a lot of things in your life. Your perception of who you are and how others see you really can dictate whether or not you have a good day or a bad day. How things go in your relationships. It all has to do with how you see yourself. And so we've talked over the last few weeks about the ways that we measure ourselves, we measure ourselves based on, upon our background, our family backgrounds, our church background, our failures. And we've talked about basically how to get a biblical understanding of that. So in the first week we looked at what the Bible says about who we were before Jesus. The last time I was with you, I shared with you about the core of your identity being the salvation that you have in Christ. The basis of who you are has nothing to do with what you've done in the past or what you haven't done. The basis of who you are now as a believer has to do with what Jesus did for you and the free gift of salvation that he gives you. And so today I want to take it one step further because that's what Paul does. We've been going through Ephesians chapter 2, but we're going to look today at what the Bible says, what Paul says in his letter here to the Ephesians as far as who you are now as a believer in Jesus Christ. What is your identity? How should you be seeing yourself? And I'm just going to be flat out honest with you. If you truly grasp what one verse says today, we're just going to look at verse 10. If you truly grasp what one verse says here, it's going to make a big difference in your life. It's going to make a big difference in how you live your life, how you see yourself if we just truly grasp what this one verse says. Because what Paul's about to tell us here is who you are now, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, who you are now. Because when you think about all the other ways that we see ourselves, I mean, how many of you had a bad week this week? You don't need to raise your hand. You had a bad week? Not feeling good about your week, huh? Not feeling good, looking in the mirror and saying, boy, I'm not doing good. I'm not doing good at all. And so you have this perception of yourself. Things aren't going well. I'm not doing good. God, you must not love me. You must not care for me. And what we're going to see is is that we're so far off the mark. We're so wrong in our thinking. We have not truly grasped who we are in Jesus. And so we're going to talk today about the new you. The new you. Now, when I say the new you, I'm not talking about your facial features have changed. I'm not talking about that you all of a sudden became beautiful and you got rid of that scar or that wart. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about who you are, the new you, and the essence of who you are. Yeah, you got the same old body, but you're a new person if you believe in Jesus. So let's look together at verse 10, and we're going to see, we're going to actually take this verse apart and see what he's trying to tell you and I here. Look with me and look at what he says. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. 
Wow, a lot there. What do we see there? We're going to actually take this verse. We're going to divide it into three sections. We're going to look, first of all, at our identity, our purpose, and his plan. Our identity, who you are, our purpose, why he gave you that new identity, and his plan. God's plan for your life. In fact, let me just go ahead and say this to you. You've heard it said before. You know, when you read this, it comes really, it comes right out. God does have a plan for you. You know what I'm saying? He's got a plan for you. You need to grasp that. And we're going to talk about that today. So let's talk about our identity. A couple things come right out. Look at what it says there. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. First thing I want you to see about your identity is this, is that your identity is based on God's initiative. Your identity is based on God's initiative. Now that, you, you need to really put a star by that. If you want to, make some notes there if you want to. Because here's what I want you to understand. Your identity is not based upon your mess-ups. Does anyone understand me? Your identity is not based upon what you've accomplished in this life. Your identity is not based upon what family you came from or didn't come from. Your identity is not based upon how big your bank account is. Your identity is not based upon what kind of house you live in or what part of town your house is in or what part of the county it's in. Do you understand what I'm saying? Your identity has nothing to do with you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your identity is based upon God's initiative. What He did. What He's doing in your life. What He's doing through you. That's where your identity is. See, we base our identity on all that other stuff. No wonder we feel bad. How many of you had a perfect week this week without any problems? None of us. How many of you have not messed up at all? Today, if you're married, I know you messed up. (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I mess up just in the morning. Because I'm a morning person. Lori's not. I'm always in trouble. Do you know what I'm saying? Isn't that life? Now here's the wonderful thing. If I don't base my identity on myself, but on God, that changes things. Because with me, if it was based on me, I'm always going to be looking at myself in a bad way. But if God is the one that I base my identity on, on His initiative, and what do we know about His initiative? He died for you, even when you didn't ask for it. He reached out for you, even when you didn't care. He showed grace to you even when you didn't deserve it. That's God's initiative. Your identity is based on God's initiative. That's the first thing you need to grasp here. Here's the second thing. You're God's finest work. You're God's finest work. How many of you this morning looked in the mirror and said, Wow, I'm a masterpiece. (laughs) How many of you did that? I can almost guarantee you we didn't do that, did we? We looked in the mirror and said, Oh my goodness. Where's my coffee? Where's the shower? Oh, look at those age spots. Look at that, look at that gray hair. Look at that hair falling out. Isn't that true? You know, and most of us, can I be honest with you, don't suffer from an overactive mind concerning ourselves. We actually suffer from a poor view of ourselves. 
And for someone to tell you that you're a masterpiece, that you're God's finest work, you just can't accept that. But here's what Paul's saying. For we are his workmanship. Now that word workmanship there, the meaning of it is is that we are his finest work. We are a masterpiece. Folks, when you look in the mirror, you're, you're Michelangelo's David. You're the Mona Lisa. You're something spectacular. That's what he wants you to grasp. When God sees you, He doesn't see you based upon all this other stuff that we judge ourselves by. He sees you as something that is his greatest achievement. Something that he's proud of. Something that he takes pride in. Something that he cares for. Do you know what I mean? I think some of you guys know what I'm talking about. You ever you ever did a big job or or you accomplished something, you built something, and when you were done, you just kind of looked at it and you had that great feeling like, wow, I did it. I accomplished it. Because you looked at your workmanship? That's how God sees you, isn't that? That's awesome, isn't it? But, I mean, so many of us are so down on the mouth. We're so, oh, I'm just not worthy. I'm just not good. God, how can you even look at me? I'm telling you how God looks at you. Can you grasp it? You think that he's looking at you in a bad way. He looks at you as a masterpiece. Isn't that awesome? You know what I'm saying? I mean, we look at ourselves based upon how our day is going today. How we're feeling. Well, I've already told you, I'm having some kind of outer body thing going on right now. I'm not feeling really good at all. I'm somewhere between here and Thailand, all right? I haven't caught up yet with my body. If I base my feelings about how God sees me right now, I don't know how I'm feeling or how God sees me. But I don't base it on my feelings. I base it on what He says. And I can take what He says to the bank. And how he sees me as a masterpiece, his workmanship. And notice what it says. This work was accomplished in Christ Jesus. Wow. How he sees me as his masterpiece has nothing, he's already told us that earlier in the two verses before that, verses 8 and 9, has nothing to do with us. Has nothing to do with what you've achieved in this life. It has nothing to do with your failures. It has to do with what Jesus did. We were created in Christ Jesus and what he did on the cross for us. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, I'll make this personal. I'm 48, okay? Something happens to dudes when they're in their 40s. It's called midlife, all right? And what happens when you're in your 40s, some of you are laughing. You're either laughing because you've been through it or you're going through it now and you just have no other reaction except to laugh. When you go through it, here's what happens. All the dreams of your 20s, all the visions of what you wanted to accomplish and have, when you get to your 40s, you realize you didn't accomplish them. And you're at that point where you're looking at, you only got another 20 years or so. Maybe 40, 60 if you're really doing good health-wise, but you maybe only got another 20 years. And you're like, wow. I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm, I'm, I haven't accomplished anything. How do, you, how do you see me, God? You come to verse 10 and you realize that my identity is not based upon me and what I've accomplished in life. My identity is based upon his initiative. And, and what he's done in my life is he's made me his masterpiece. And that basis of his being his masterpiece, his workmanship, is not because of me. It's because of Jesus. Don't you understand what I'm saying? He frees me from my 
basing everything on what I do or haven't done or on my failures or my achievements. He frees me from that and says, my identity isn't based on myself. My identity is based on Jesus. That's awesome, isn't it? Because here's the thing. Some of us will say, you know what? I'm messed up, George. I really am screwed because here's the reality. I've totally messed up in my life. There's no way to make it right again. How could he ever use me or whatever because of all the stuff that I have? Hey, it's not about you. It's not about you. Your identity is not about you if you're a believer. You need to grasp that. You need to own that. It is not about you. Look to your neighbor right now and say, it's not about you. Look to him. It's not about you. Who is it about then, George? It's about Jesus. It's about what Jesus did for you. It's about who he made you. That's our identity. That's awesome. I told you that would free some of you. And some of you need to be free because we live in a culture that measures people by what they achieve and what they have. And with that kind of measurement in our culture, most of us don't measure up, do we? But aren't you glad that God doesn't see us based upon the world's perspective? Now, he gave us a new identity for a purpose, and that's what we're going to see there. He gave us a purpose. Look with me at what he says there, verse 10. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, here's what he says, for good works. For good works. Two things I want you to see there about our purpose. He made you for a purpose. He made you new for a purpose. Some of you have bought into a lie because of your failures, because of your mess-ups in life. You can sit there and you say to yourself, well, okay, God loves me, God accepts me, He sees me at new, but He still can't use me because of what I've done. Really? Really? What do you base that on? Well, uh, it's just, that's the way it is. Well, maybe that's the way it is in culture, but it's not that way in the scriptures. It's not that way in God's economy. See, when God redeems something and he makes something new, he has it for a purpose. Because for whatever purpose in your life, he wants to use you. God has a purpose for you, no matter what your mess-ups are in your life. In fact, can I, can I ask you a question? How big's your God? You ever ask yourself that question? How big's your God? See, here's how big my God is, okay? My God is big enough to have a purpose for my life in which he even includes in his thought process concerning me all of my mess-ups, past, present, and future. Is your God that big? Do you know what I'm saying? See, we, we, we don't think in terms of, we, we, we're, we're the write-off people. You know what I mean by that? The write-off people? You know, if you mess up enough, I write you off. Don't we do that? And so if we got a guy, if we, you know, he's, he's always messing up, well, I can't count on you, so I'm going to what? Write you off? Isn't that the human perspective? I'm going to tell you right now, God's not a write-off person. 
in God's plan and in His direction, He's got a purpose for you that takes into account even your mess-ups. Oh, really? Is that Bible, George? Really? Is that really Bible? Psalm 37, verse 24. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in them. Wow, what does that mean? God sets in order the steps of your life, and he takes delight in your life. And then notice what it says there. Though he yet stumble, he will not be utterly cast out. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. That's how big your God is. God takes into account your mess-ups in his life. So he has a purpose for you. He made you new for a purpose. And here's what he did. He made you new in order to do good works. He wants to accomplish something through you. Now some of you are saying, well, well, I'm not going to be Billy Graham. You're right, you're not going to be Billy Graham. There's only one Billy Graham. Well, I'm not going to be like you, George. That's great. Wonderful. You don't want to be like me. All right? Well, I'm not going to be like this super Christian or like my grandma and her deep faith. I'm not going to be like that. Great. Wonderful. He didn't create you to be that. He created you to be you. Grasp that. But he made you new for a purpose, and that's in order to accomplish something with your life. Wherever you are. Wherever you live, what part of Kerwinsville or Clearfield County that you're from, He created you for a purpose to accomplish something through your life where you're at right now. Do you understand? And you need to own that. He created you to accomplish something, to be a part of something. Now, here's the problem, though. I had, I've been thinking about this a lot lately. We, we think in terms of accomplishment of what I've done, what I've done for Jesus, what I've done for Jesus. That's not how the Bible thinks. The Bible communicates that what I do is like building a skyscraper. So if I go down to New York and I look at one of those, the new Twin Tower thing there. Yeah, there was an architect who put that together, but really it's the labor of what? Thousands, right? Because you had what? Steel beam workers? All the way down to the guy who's what? Doing drywall on the inside? To the guy who's laying what? Data cable for computer systems? To the electricians? To the plumbers? To the heating system? The cooling system? Do you see what I'm saying? Can all of those people who were involved with that say that they built a skyscraper? Yeah. But did they do it on their own? No. They were all needed. Doing what? Their part. What was set out for them. See, God's building a skyscraper, the kingdom. And all of us, all of us, including you, have a part in that. And he has planned out for you what it is that you need to accomplish to be a part of his what? Kingdom. The kingdom of God which is coming. And he has a purpose for you to accomplish what it is where you work right now. Little old you in your little old corner of the world in Clearfield County, working where you're working. But he can use you there because somebody says, well, he could never use me there. Hey, have you ever asked him what he wants to do with you there? Most of us don't think that way, do we? 
We're still hung up with who we are. Well, let's get over that. We're somebody new. We're his masterpiece. And we're his masterpiece for a purpose. What? To do good works where? Where you are. To accomplish what he needs to accomplish through you. See, that's his purpose. Because it's according to what? His plan. So look at verse 10. Look at that last part. If you want to, underline it in your Bible. Which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. Here's the thing that I think will free some of you up. Look at the first thing there. God has a plan for you. He's got a plan for you. You. Right here. To accomplish what he wants to accomplish. He has a plan for you. You need to grasp that. You know, one of the greatest evangelists of the 1800s was a man by the name of D.L. Moody. Dwight Lyman Moody. Through his ministry, thousands in the United States came to Christ. The interesting thing about Dwight Lyman Moody is this. He was led to the Lord by a shoe salesman. Now, if you're that shoe salesman and you're leading a young boy to Christ, would it have ever entered into your mind that the young boy that you led to the Lord would one day lead thousands to the Lord? No. He just did what God had directed him to in his life, in his little way, working as a shoe salesman. But through his sharing the gospel with one young boy, Many thousands later would come to know Christ. What's he want to do with your life where you're at? What's he want to do with you in your little corner of the world here where nobody knows where you're at? Aren't you tired of telling people that when you go out into the area and you tell them, where are you from? Oh, I'm from Kerbinsville. Where is that? So you've got to describe it in terms of places that they know. Well, we're, we're 50 miles west of, of Penn State University. Oh, well, I know where that is. Well, drive 50 miles west of there and you'll come where we are in the, the center of the universe here. And so you can get to the place where you feel insignificant. But no one's insignificant with God, are they? Because remember, aren't we his what? Workmanship? We're his what? Masterpiece? His prized creation? And he's got a plan for you. He wants to accomplish something with your life. Have you owned that? I mean, you, let's, just stop for a moment. Quit thinking about what you're having for lunch. Okay? Quit thinking about spring training with baseball. Okay? Or the basketball game. All right? Quit thinking about the movie that's coming on later. Just, just quit thinking about getting out of here. Okay? Because I still got 15 minutes. All right? All right. Listen to me. All right. I want, you to, I want you to sit down and listen to me. Listen to me. Have you let it sink into your mind that God has a plan for you? You. Does it sink in? Can you believe that? He wants to accomplish 
something through you. Well, you know, George, I... You don't understand what my life's been like. You don't understand the stuff that I've done. You don't understand my mess-ups. You don't understand my hang-ups. You're right. I don't. I don't care. Because again, how big's your God? Is He big enough to take into account your mess-ups? The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and He delights in them. Though He yet stumble, He will not utterly be cast down. For what? The Lord upholds it with His hand. Isn't that what David said? See, there's a new you. There's a new you. And you were created to do something. Where you are, He's got a plan for you. For you. I mean, it took me a long time to deal with that. Because here's the other thing about His plan. God's prepared a path for you. He's prepared a path for you. What do you mean a path, George? Well, he uses it this way. He's prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. So it's, it's, it's a direction in life. And understand this. He knows the detours. He knows the construction He knows the potholes. He knows the automobile failures for the road trip that you're on. Do you understand what I'm saying? You ever ever notice this? I'm like this. Like when I get a road trip, I've got it planned out how long it's going to take us. And and I'm ready to go on my road trip. I'm ready. I know what it's going to be like. It's never what I think it's going to be like. Because it's never as long as I think it's going to be because it's always longer because somewhere there's an accident that bogs up traffic or there's a construction site or I get a ticket or, or something. Do you know what I'm saying? I haven't got a ticket in a while. All right. So the, the point is he takes all of that into account. He set the path before you. Now, here's the emphasis here. you got to walk in it. you got to make the decision to walk in it. So let us just back up here now. You're a masterpiece. You're new. Your identity is not based on you. It's based upon Jesus. And because of that, He gave you, He has a purpose for you. He made you new for a purpose. To do good works. To accomplish His will. That He has planned out for you. Now, the question is, is are you going to walk in it? Are you going to make the decision, okay, Lord, I'm going to quit living in the dumps of who I am and what I don't think I can accomplish, and I'm going to do what it is that you want me to do, direct me in my life. You guide me. You help me to be who it is I need to be. Because I'm part of a skyscraper project. Help me to walk in my plan that you have for me. Can we do that? Now, don't answer me. That's what you've got to think about. Do you know what I mean? That's what you've got to own. That's what you've got to contemplate on. That's what you've got to give deep thought to. 
And for most of us, we need to, we need to embrace that. We need to quit giving up the poor me attitude. I can never be used by God. He wants to use you. He created you to be used. So walk in it. Thank you for being with us this morning. And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.